Welcome to the Synovial Marketing Masterclass, the podcast that delves into the world of marketing strategies and insights to help your business thrive. I'm your host, Hannah Lee, and in each episode, we'll explore innovative marketing techniques, industry trends, and expert advice from leading professionals. Get ready to elevate your marketing game with the Synovial Marketing Masterclass. Hey guys, we are back with another episode of Synovial Marketing Masterclass. Today we have Pam from Pam's Lash Boutique here with us. We are so excited to get to share her story. She is one of my best friends and my lash artist that always keeps my lashes on fleek. So thank you so much, Pam, for being here with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Yes, you are our second guest, so hopefully at this time we are on point and everything is good. I'm excited for this interview because we always have a therapy session. You have been my therapist for years now, as well as my lash artist, so I feel a little bit more, a little bit more at ease, a little bit more comfortable today, which is nice. It's good. <laughs> yeah, and this is my first time also doing like a podcast like this, so this is going to be new territory for me, but I'm glad I'm doing with you because I am, we are comfortable together. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely, (laughs) we have the best time. So tell us a little bit about, um, Pam's Lash Boutique and kind of what you do as a lash artist. So, um, I started Pam's Lash Boutique in 2000, I think it's been 14 or 15. I don't even know. It says 2000. No, not even. You're probably going to have to edit this. I moved here in 2014 and I did yeah. lash, I've been doing lashes for five years. So it's been less than that. But um, yeah, I just was getting a degree in chemistry and I have a minor in math. I was miserable working in the service industry and um, I decided to pick up something different. I could work from home and it'd be easy. I've always loved beauty and here I am five years in still doing lashes and not doing chemistry or math. <laughs> I think it's so crazy. So where are you actually from originally? Like you came here from? Belgium. So I moved here when I was 19 years old to go to college. And I thought when I started college, I wanted to go to med school to be a plastic surgeon. So still beauty industry-ish, just not like lashes, but pretty close (laughs) to it. Yes. And actually in high school, I even thought about going to esthetician school already. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to college and back to my original plan, just a statistician school. So wow. So you have a degree, you have a degree in chemistry and math. Chemistry and math. Okay. That's crazy. And then got into the lash industry and the lashes I feel like have taken you so far. Like you, you know, it's it's crazy how that's happened. You started and now it's like Yes, and I didn't even think it was going to be this successful because when I first started, my goal was just to survive through co- like through my end part of college. I was like just so miserable working nights. I want to work days. I want to be flexible. So I was like, okay, well, let me do this on the side. And by the time I graduated, it was like six months later. I was like, okay, I'm making more money than I would as a chemist. Why? What am I doing this? And I'm more passionate about this than I am as a chemist. So mm-hmm. I just kept going. I was like, well, I'm going to go to statistician school. It's only like three months. I went and then I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to make this a real business. It's going to be, this is going to be it. And with the beauty of it only being a three months program, if I don't want it anymore, I can just move on and go pick up another career, you know, or use my degree for something else. 
Yeah. The craziest part, I feel like, is the fact that you're more successful now, you know, I feel like, than people that do go get those degrees. And so that, for me, is like the inspiring portion of like, you went a different route and did a different thing, and it actually turned out to be more successful. And you have that freedom of like making your own money, like you can decide how much you make rather than a job and like yes. is working for somebody. Exactly. And um, I, it kind of just fell into my lap, to be honest, like it just kind of happened. So I I honestly did think at some point, I was like, I'm just doing this temporary. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the potential like income wise and stuff like that, and I do really enjoy what I do, I'm like, why am I going to be bored in a lab, not living off my passion? and not financially free when I could just be doing what I want, working for myself and making it happen and be happy. Like there was just, there was no, and I know it's not as classy as most people. Like it's true. And I tell people I'm a lash tag, they're like, oh. And I'm like, but I have a degree in chemistry. Like, wow. I'm like, that impresses you more? That's really, (laughs) is that impressive? The interesting part to me is that they don't know like, I guess the real like financial side. So I know because I've known you and we've been talking and, you know, I get to hear the awesome financial side of it. But I mean, you have a rental property, you have your Mm -hmm. property, you have your vehicle, like you have all of these things and all of that was made to come to fruition through doing lashes. You know, people think of like, kind of like a hairstylist, like, oh, you're a hairstylist, but it's like some of these people are making way more than, like, oh, yeah. you know, There's, regular it's so people. Much, exactly. It is, it is, it's hard. Um, it's very hard. You have to, like, build your clientele. It's really hard at first. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yes, once you build that clientele, you can, it only goes up from that point. When mm-hmm. you don't even realize how fast it happens, but when it happens, you're like, holy crap, like, I'm fully booked. I'm... If I could multiply myself, I'd be like, it'd just be fantastic, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it was really, it's really stressful. And I know a lot of people think, oh, you work, you work for yourself. You can do whatever you want. With my job, I have every two weeks, I need to see people. So mm. I can't go on vacation mm. for months away and just give up my job and be like, oh, bye, because this is all my business that's going, like, that's the possibility of going with someone else. And I don't like... It, it comes with its ups and downs and yes. but honestly it's so worth it like i'll take this any day i prefer going on vacation two weeks a few times a year than going for six months and that just means i get to do lashes i'm um yeah but I, you mentioned in your previous like i listened to your previous podcast and i hope everybody else has um you mentioned something about being an entrepreneur how you felt like a lot of people are kind of like are entrepreneurs and I didn't realize I was an entrepreneur until I started this here. Mm. I always knew I was more money savvy and I like always was trying to find ways to make money and to make it. I was always figuring my ways around, but I didn't realize like someone one day was like, Oh, so you really are an entrepreneur. And I was like, me. Okay. Well, I guess you're you're right. It is. Yeah, I guess I do. I am. I, it was so like, and people go to college to become that. They're like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. I don't think most people, it happens like that. It's like, you have the hustle or you don't. Yes. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and we talk about that so much. I feel like me and you, because we're a lot alike on that on that side of things, is like you're either in that grind and hustle and that like 
it's intrinsic like drive, like it's internal drive. You either Mm -hmm. have that or you don't. It's not like you just start a business and it just happens. Like you have to have something inside of you to like grind and do that and to, you know, be there for it. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize like when you work corporate, you have your bad days. Those bad days are not as bad as like our bad days. Because if (laughs) something fails, we don't get paid at the end of the day. They do. Yeah. Like you keep, if you work salary for corporate America, you, there's a day where things don't work out. But no, it's fine. They're still going to get your pay at the end of two weeks. You're still getting that paycheck. Us, if that doesn't work, we're, we're out. Like, yes. and so those hard days are so hard. And if you're not a true hustler, you would give up. Yes. Most yeah. Give I up. was just talking to somebody about that because not only like the pay side of things, but like, ultimately if something goes wrong like i know if something goes wrong with my marketing or something gets posted wrong or an ad goes wrong or whatever however many people i have on my team ultimately it comes down to me and like with you if something were to go wrong or somebody was unhappy that's coming back to you like it's your business you know what i mean if we're working for corporate and something bad happens or whatever okay that's their name that's not like on me as a person So I think that's a big part of it too, is it's very, like, there's a lot on you to say. I'm not trying to speak bad on anybody who does work for corporate America. I think it's great Mm -hmm. to work for someone else. You just have to see the Mm -hmm. the risk factor. If you're someone who who does not like risk, Mm -hmm. don't do it. If you are okay with risk because you want to be able to have the nice things, you want to be able to provide for your family, to have even free time for your family because you work for yourself and you can rearrange your schedule on your own, then mm. this is, it just really, you have to pick what suits your lifestyle best. There's nothing wrong with wanting yeah. to work for corporate America. It's just, you have to pick your battles and pick what you yeah. truly want. It's a different mindset for sure. It's just, it's two different ways because then there's, you know, there's those people that do make good money in corporate and they're doing that and they're happy with that and that's that's fine. But with mm-hmm. this way, it's like two different ways of life, you know what I mean? And it's two different personalities, I feel like, too. Like, it's not, it's, Yes, but I, I feel know. like then when you, even if you make, let's say, the six-figure working for corporate America, you are still replaceable. The person under yes. you is just waiting. And I feel like with our jobs, we're not that, we, there's a bunch of, Last people, and there's a bunch of um, marketing people I know, but mm-hmm. our clients to them were not re- were not replaceable. They want us. Yes. They appreciate us. Yes. So it's so much better. Like I feel like deeper than that. It's like nice to feel like appreciate also on a personal level. I feel like sometimes when you work for those big companies, you make a mistake a few times, boom, you get you're out. It's yes. like you're still. It's just this, it's this fine line where you have to see where you want to be at. And I'm I'm glad even like when it comes to taxes, when you work for mm. corporate America, your company pays your taxes, right? I'm glad yeah. that I get to do whatever I want my tax money. And I obviously pay my taxes, but I have <laughs> way more pay. ways to pay, move around because you can do more as an entrepreneur than you can as if you work for someone. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's another side that I... Like, I'm so glad that I found you as my lash artist, because not only do are you my therapist on all personal aspects, we talk about all the things, 
but we talk about the business and the money side of things. So talking about like taxes and talking about like rental properties and stocks, we have gotten, we have talked about yeah. all things business, which I think is so cool um, to kind of get to dive into. And I feel like I, who started it first? Was it you or me that started the stock conversation first? Somebody got into stocks. I got into stock during COVID. That's when I started being interested in it. So I don't know. I think, I feel like I remember mentioning to you that I bought like Norwegian and then you were like, yeah. oh yeah, I've been doing it too. And then we both got going on it and stuff like that. So I think it was kind of like the same Maybe I mentioned it slightly, or maybe you mentioned it. Yeah, we like, realized oh, yeah, I bought that Norwegian. we were doing it. Yeah, we both liked it. And I mean, yeah. I have to say, I feel like most women aren't very interested in stock markets. Um, mm. So it's also nice to have a friend to be able to talk to about, about that. That's not like a male, because most male are like, oh, and I trade like this and I do this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. been like, I know I've talked to you about it, but like, that's been such an interesting thing is like I had never before meeting you I got into stocks around COVID and kind of was listening to podcasts and audiobooks that were saying you know the stocks dropped um during COVID so I got in and was playing around and then I mentioned it to you we started talking about it more and then I really dove into it you know went really hardcore and really started researching and getting into that and reading more financial books but it's so interesting talking about the, you know, the guy aspect and dating and those types of things, because that just not even dating, but in relationships, just friendships and things like that, I would bring it up and be like, oh, do you have stocks? Do you have a portfolio? Like, what is yeah. that? And like, so many people are like, no, oh, I, tell like my, I tell my clients to save for the retirement. They look like me, like I'm an alien. They're like, yeah. who are you? I'm like, no, please, does your job offer a 401k? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, how do you not know? Do they how match do you? Know? If they match you, what are you doing? What mm. are you doing? They're giving you free money and you don't even want it? Like, yes. and I get stock is like harder and, but like, you can't even just know if your company does offer you retirement benefits because that's where I started doing the stock stuff because I was like, oh, I want to make sure I have money for when I retire. At the time, mm. I already had a Roth IRA. I was already working on that. And I think it's around that time that I was able to start maxing it out too. So I was like, okay, I need to be able to put more towards than just that because we're capped. So no, it's, uh, and yes, my friends, my other friends don't get it. I'm like, oh, like, they're like, oh, I want to spend $200 at the bars. Okay, well, I'm going to buy $200 worth of Amazon. We'll see from yeah. there. Like, Amazon does stock because that's going to bring yeah. me way further than my five drinks at the beach bars. And 100%. it's... It's like people are like, oh, I don't have the money to do this. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. You're just choosing not to. And that's not and it, it puts the gap between and I'm not like again, I'm not grabbing on anybody for not doing it, but it's like, oh, I don't have ever have I don't have money. I don't have money. I can't do this. I don't have money. You have money to be doing dumb stuff like that. Yeah, what? you do have the money. It's where you're putting it. And that like that in our relationship has been the best part is because I'm able to have someone with that like mindset and be able to talk about those things. Like you know, saving up for retirement and you um, recently got the rental property, right? That was within mm -hmm. the past year. Yes, it was right? in, I signed for it in November, at the beginning of November. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah so, so I bought a rental in my uh, community where I live already now. Um, my One of my neighbors, I mentioned it to her a few months back. I was like, hey, if you ever sell your other, she had another, she had two units in here. I was like, if you ever want to sell it, let me know. I'll be interested in buying it. 
And she's like, okay, okay. And two months later, she's like, hey, I need to talk to you. And I was like, I thought it was going to be about something completely different. And I'm like, okay, what's up? She's like, do you want to buy it? And I was like, ah, uh, cool, sure. And there was no, it was super easy. We agreed on a price really easily. I bought it easy peasy. And I've had tenants uh, for since February. Yeah, since February. It took us a little bit to get tenants um, because mm. it was like a weird time, you know, during the holidays and stuff like that. But I got tenants, um, the military family, so super easy. The military pays me for them every month and there you go. That is crazy. That is one of my like goals, you know, to yes. eventually have like rental properties and investment properties and things like that. So I think that's so awesome that, you know, you were able to do that and you're on that track. So, But it took me, I'm five years into my business. So I really think yeah. that you, five years in, you probably be able, able to do that as well. I really, yes. like, I really think it's just, yeah, the, you, you can make it totally happen. If that's your goal, there's always ways. Um, it has the opportunity, like it just fell into my lap. I feel like it just, it just happened when it's meant to be. And then, mm. and that my goal is to have this one paid off as soon as possible. And I'm saving up also to try to buy a new, another one soon. I'm, my goal is to buy one once a year. If I can get yeah. on the track of buying one once a year or once every two years, the economy right now is a little bit weird. But once everything calmed down, I think there's ways. I feel so like everybody should want to buy investment properties. Yes. Can we educate everybody yeah, to save for retirement and to save for investment properties? And like, I wish that there was more people out there that like, I, I'm sure there is, I just haven't found them, but there yeah. like needs to be a group and a community. And those are the people that I'm trying to surround myself with and trying to learn from and want to talk to, but people that are our age, you know, twenties, thirties yeah. that are saving for retirement and have investment properties and are doing big things and maybe they're entrepreneurs maybe they're not but really just have a bigger sense of life not just you know going to the beach bars and just wasting yes. money and living day to day like you know that's that's a big part of it and i think it's it actually really isn't that difficult and anybody should be interested if you work any job and you make money once you want to stretch a dollar as far as you can't mm -hmm. like yeah a dollar 20 years ago was worth way more than it is to this day so now mm -hmm. it's really i think we should all try it and everybody should be interested in it so it's really um i i think i was really interested in finances because of being foreign i think in europe we don't discuss finance in school as much mm -hmm. but i feel like our parents are all way more money savvy like that's so interesting they don't eat out of there a lot. People don't eat at the restaurant a lot. That's a, that's a, we don't do drive-through. Drive-through is not really a thing that's, it started a little bit. People are eating out a little bit more, but it's still like really, so people like keep their money and they save up a lot to be able to go on nice vacation. I feel like all my mm -hmm. foreign friends or family, they go on really nice family vacation. Not expensive, but just nice. We go to nice places. It's easier to travel there too, don't get me wrong. But I feel like mm -hmm. parents will, like I would remember some of my friends, like their parents would be like, oh, we're not spending money on, this now because we are about to go on vacation there soon or we're saving oh. up for this so the whole saving aspect like came to me way faster than i think here in the states it's not as i feel like here it's more like a hush hush subject people are like embarrassed don't, well, don't now, think we should talk about it like i feel like there's it's really weird because here in america like growing up i grew up in like an upper middle class like family 
But it was almost like now looking back, it was very like keeping up with the Joneses. Like in my situation, we didn't have money, but it was like, we didn't act like we didn't have money. Like we just did. I'm sure there was a lot of credit cards. There was a lot of putting stuff, mm -hmm. you know, on credit and just kind of getting by. But I feel like it's either that situation or it's a very scarcity mindset. Like people grow up with a very scarcity mindset of like, oh, we're not going to do that because we don't have money or we can't do that because we don't have money. So then people go into their adult life thinking like, oh, I can never have that. Oh, I, I can't do that because, you know, I don't have money. Or, you know, yeah. there's some people that are saying that and they're going to Starbucks and they're spending that, they have the money, but they have that scarcity mindset of like, oh, that's too big of a dream or, oh, I can't do that because of their childhood. Yeah. So there's very, it's a different way of thinking. You think, if you think you can't have it, then why would you work hard for it? Then what's yes. the point of even trying? And you mentioned the keeping up with the Jones thing. Um, actually, I went to private school back home. A uh, private school mm -hmm. home is not what it is in America. It's re it's really cheap. It's like a thousand dollars a year. No, but I went to private school, and all my friends, like their parents, had like big Range Rovers and big car, and all my mm -hmm. friends had these giant mansions. But I remember, like, I had some friends in the winter. We wouldn't want to go to their house. We'd go to my parents' house because my parents lived in a really s small house, like. We had one bathroom and one toilet. It was like, that's it. It was really small. But my parents could pay for the heat. Most uh, parents out there had these giant house, but they didn't have the heater on. Or they barely put it on just because they had this mansion too. And my dad was always like, yeah, see, we have a small house, but you're always warm at home. Your friends always mm. want to all come here because it's hot inside the house. Same thing with cars. I would be like, dad, why can't I get a Range Rover when I turn 18? Because that's the driving age there. And I got a yeah. smart car. It was $2,000 and it was 2002. It's a great car. And I love that thing. I miss it so much. But he was like, you'll see, you understand one day why we don't have fancy cars. Yes. Mm. Because my, I think my parents are probably some of the only people that have paid off cars. Yeah. Out of all the other people. And he's like, mm -hmm. but we have money to do things. And my parents were buying investment property and they were being smart with their money. So it was, they didn't keep up with the Jones. And I felt like when I was younger, I was like, that sucks. You know, we don't have the nice car and we don't have this. Like why? Like everybody probably thinks my family's poor, blah, blah, blah. No, it's yeah. like, that was, they were so smart. Yes. So smart. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was one of the craziest things for me. I wish my parents would have had more of an open conversation with me about money because I, I, I will never forget. I had a conversation with my dad. I was graduating high school and we were going to college and I was trying to figure out what college I was going to. And I wanted to go to my top school was like an out of state school and out of state tuition is like ridiculous. And yes. I remember going to my dad and I was like, why haven't you saved up money for me to go to an out of state school? Like all of my friends are going to LSU and Stanford and whatever, and like all of these big schools. And I have to go to some in-state community college because we didn't have any money. And, mm -hmm. but they, I grew up with this keeping up with the Joneses thinking that we had money. Like I never knew that we didn't have money. Yeah. So then when it actually came down to it and he had to be like hey we don't actually have like you know this money i wish overall there would have been more of a conversation from the get-go of like hey this is what this is like this is how you save money like this is you know we never i never remember having a money conversation but do so, you realistically think your parents knew back then how to save do you think they no. knew and they were see yeah. then that's then yeah. you can't really it's hard to blame those situations because it's like i wish you taught me but if you, they don't know and that's yeah. why now i think with instagram TikTok, especially since covid 
there's no excuse for not being educated. We have, you 100%. all have an iPhone, even if you have an Android, we all have podcasts. There's all, you can go to the, the bookstore and buy a book about it. Back then, mm. I don't even think it was book because it's still a hush-hush subject, you know? Yeah. There's no more excuse to not know about finances. None. And I think that's where, like, I get so angry. And I know you kind of have the same thing, too, oh, with yeah. what you just said. Is, like, our generation, like, there is no reason to say you don't have money, that you're broke, that you, like... If like there's so many resources, podcasts, audiobooks, books, like just taking the time for like to research and to listen to those and like even for personal growth, like there's yes. so much stuff. I'm super big into that. Like I'm really into listening to those podcasts and audiobooks and I just want to be better, especially now that I have my son, like talking about, you know, my parents oh, yeah. didn't know, so they couldn't tell me. And like, I want, I don't want that for Carter. Like, I want to be able to teach him like, hey, this is what you should do and set him up for, you know, wealth in the future rather than just like not talking about it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's interesting you say that with teaching Carter. I love that you're trying to teach him, but that you're not only trying to build wealth from for yourself and then giving it all up to him. Mm -hmm. I listen to this podcast that's called Choose F5. And I've really like, I've been like back to episode one right now. I'm like restarting all of it. Yes. And um, they're like, I, I want to be like financially free fully by the time I'm 35. Um, but one of the guys in the podcast was saying, I don't know if I believe in generational wealth. And I was like, why would anybody say that? Like you made all yeah. this money and you don't want to give it to your children. And then I like kind of reflect on it. I'm like, what type of brat am I to think that like my parents <laughs> should work so hard for me and I should just sit on my butt and wait for it to just fly off the net. No, mm. it's not how it works. So, and I do understand this thing. I'm not saying I don't believe in generational wealth, but I think it's good to be able to get yourself set up for your kids in the future and to set your kids up to be able to also be successful on their own. And whatever 100%. they get from us is just extra. A hundred percent. And that, that's the biggest thing for me. I have dealt with that um, myself is like my, you know, my dad, has created wealth for himself and you know but i've never been one of those now reading all these books and listening to these audiobooks and all of that i've never been one to turn to him for that because mm -hmm. like you said i respect that he built that like he started digging yeah. holes you know in this construction company and has worked his way up for 30 plus years and now has wealth but that's not mine to go over and be yeah. like hey give me some, you know, he's done all of this stuff. So it's important that I feel like it's important that I'm teaching myself how to do that and maybe taking some lessons from him of how he did that, but mm -hmm. not going straight for that, like generational wealth as in like, I'm coming to get money from you. Like that's not mine to have, you know? And then there's no, how can you enjoy someone else's like, how can you enjoy money that's not actually you didn't work hard mm. for? I don't want mm. someone that's else's money. Bit. I want my own money. Like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, if I worked really hard for it, if I worked all day and let's say I got like $500 a day or whatever, I want that 500 to be worked from me. I don't want someone to just hand me 500. I mean, every once in a while, I'm sure it's nice to get it from someone. <laughs> but like, other than that, like, if this was my life and I was just waiting on someone to give me the money every day, like, that's it. I don't, like, what, then what's my purpose? Yeah, I know it's deeper, yeah. than, it's deeper than that. But ultimately, like, then what am I doing? I'm just existing on the planet and not trying to, per, like, provide even for myself. Because 100%. I, and I feel like 
the way I have made money is also a way I've learned so much about myself and my job. I meet amazing mm -hmm. people. I have amazing connection. Like my friends, I met them all through my business. So I'm like, this the way I made money is not even just about money. It's all about everything that I get. <laughs> and everybody at work, we meet people. It's cool. It's fun. So what yes. you're going to do, sit on your butt at home and just hope that you're going to meet people and have connection. And I understand like stay-at-home moms and stuff, it's different. They get taken mm -hmm. care of by their husband because their job is to take care of their children. Completely yeah. for that, I understand, you know, but I, other than in those cases or if someone's sick or something, like in other cases, if you don't have children or you don't have a real reason to not work, you're just going to wait for it to fall, like come fall down from the sky. Like what? No. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday morning, but I was thinking about if I didn't have to work like let's say i just got this huge lump sum of money and i didn't have to work i don't i would not be one of those people that would be happy like i'd be i would be miserable and probably depressed because oh, yeah. i love my work like i love what i do i wake up in the morning and i want to go and do what i'm doing and if i didn't have that i would be really sad because it is like my friends like my clients are my friends and i talk to them and we you know it's and you make it's something more during your job you make something, you're like, wow, this is beautiful. I did this. And yes. the person I work for, like, that I work for enjoys what I did. Look at this. Yeah. Like, it's in, in the inside, it's like, this is nice. They're happy and I'm, they're happy what I did. I'm happy what I did for them. I enjoy doing. That's a big word. I enjoy doing what I did for them. And yes, yes. it happens that I get financially compensated for it as well. Because that's how it works. We need to all live, right? But the beauty yeah. of it is that being able to do what you love and most people can't say that about themselves. They can't say, I love what I do. That to me is like, because I, I kind of had both sides of things. Like I had the nine to five job that everyone told me, like, this is what you should do. And then I pivoted and went to this job that I love and I'm so passionate about. And I've created for myself, you know, this job. And it's, I understand, I can understand it being scary because I was scared, you know, like I'm leaving this stable thing and everyone said, this is what you should do and going to do something that I loved, but it's all, I can't imagine it makes me sad for people that will never get to experience that, like have something like they love their job every day. Like it, it that comes in many forms. Maybe that is working for corporate and they love what they mm -hmm. do in corporate and they're happy to go there every day. But just there's going to be people that are not going to love what they do every day. And that's really sad. Like I have been yes. in that feeling of crying yes. on the way to work and crying, you know, on Sundays because I was so unhappy and so depressed. And so that is like the biggest thing for me. And that's kind of why another one of my whys of starting Synovial Marketing and definitely starting this Synovial Marketing Masterclass podcast is sharing that um, other people's stories, you know, in business with people and telling people that like, you can do something that you love in different forms. It all comes and in different forms. And you're not a weirdo for not wanting to work a nine to five. Yes, yes. But you're not a weirdo for wanting to work a nine to five as well. You can, Yeah. it's okay. It's okay. But just, I feel like a lot of people still feel like they're kind of like, out, like outcaster because they're not comfortable working a nine to five. No, it's fine. Mm -hmm. There's a place in society for you too, I promise. I yes. just like, I feel like I was scared for that for a long time. I'm like, is there really... I look like an idiot to people. I'm here like, I do lashes. Yes. They're like, like, what does this girl do? She sits like in the lashes more, like for one hour out of the day and she la -dee -da the rest of the day probably, <laughs> you know? And I felt weird. And no, you need to accept everybody. We all have different society and we all have, we all want different things and that's okay. 
But if someone does not want to work nine to five, that's completely fine. Can come come be our friend. And yes, there's plenty of ways to be comfortable and be happy with yourself without working nine to five, and it's cool. And if you're yes. working nine to five, you can be our friend too. But it's just you need to have aspiration for yourself. You know, it's all so. in like we. I know we talked about recently. Um, Ramit Sethi's I Will Teach You to Be Rich oh, book and like amazing. in love. I'm listening to it amazing. again. But he, is, he it, talks he about is, it's it is like, so good. Like the show, the Netflix show, the book. I'm listening to it for probably the third time. Oh, but he's incredible. it's so good. So good. And he talks about planning out what your rich life looks like. That's yes. not what everyone's rich life looks like, but what does your rich life look like in the place of what do you want to wake up every day and do? What are you happy doing? What does your happiness look like ultimately? Yeah. And actually, I do something that's really against a lot of podcast gurus, uh, the financial gurus and stuff. They're all like, don't buy a fancy car. That's the main thing. Do not buy a fancy car. That's like mm -hmm. the first thing you will hear on any, don't buy a nice car. Okay. So yes. I, have, uh, I have a nice, beautiful 2015 BMW. I bought it from a family friend. 10 grand, super easy. Um, and that was the previous car. Now my new car, I have a 2023 Mustang Marquis. And yes, it was a more expensive car. I got tax hmm. deduction out of it though, so it did help. I get to write it off of my business. Financially, it is not the smartest move. She's not cheap, but I'm happy with it. I don't drive often. I want to drive a car that makes me feel, feel safe. A car I think is pretty. Mm -hmm. A car that I really enjoy driving. And that's why I got it. That is part of my rich life. Having a nice car is what I wanted for myself. And that's okay. Yeah. So like, and all these people are like, oh, don't buy a nice car. Don't do this, don't do that. No, I made no. sure that I save more than I pay for my car payment. I made sure mm. I had my investment property first. I made sure I had all my ducks in a row before I went ahead and bought the car. And my car is like my little personal reward for it. So it's still okay to get nice things. You just have to balance it out. So I know that because I have that, if I still want to save, I can't go to dinner every night at a mm. fancy restaurant. That's just how it is. Yes. I just know it. My uh, my my happy life is to have a nice car. And that's what it comes down yeah. for me. And some other people, it's other things. And I don't judge yeah. them. It's, we all have our own thing. A hundred percent. And I think that is just one of the many things that that book does so well, Ramit Sethi, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, is it really says, focus on what you're happiness what your expenses are like your happiness is driving your nice car some people it's having nice shoes but you have to have sacrifices that come along with that you can't have the nice shoes and go out every night and do all these things like that that's not you know or you can't live above your means so if you said yeah my rich life is having this nice car but i don't really have the money to have it i'm gonna go put it on a credit card that's not really a thing. Like you made sure you could afford it. You made sure you were doing the proper things, but that is part of your rich life. So you incorporated that in, you know what I mean? Like that makes you yeah. happy every day. And so. I know that I don't have children yet. So I can be the point where I'm like, I can get myself a really nice car. By the time it's mm -hmm. paid off, that'll probably be around the time I will start having kids. So I'm like, yep. okay, she'd be paid off and I'll start trying to have kids by the time she's done paying off. So I know that's going to be inexpenseless. She'll be paid, completely paid off and I won't have to worry about it anymore. You just have to plan stuff out and... You, you just can't have it all and it's okay. And I, I feel like I can't have it all yet. But yes. like, if I keep doing mm -hmm. the way I'm doing everything, by the time I'm like way older, I'll be able to have all the time, the, the things that I, I think I value and I've won in my life. 
Yeah, 100%. And that's something that I have to think about myself too, is I get so caught up in like that race of like where I'm at in life, but we have to step back and be like, we're in our 20s and 30s. You know, it, it takes time. It didn't just happen overnight. It takes, yeah. you know, it takes time. And it, the, the progression, the path that we're on is so positive that good things are coming over time. You know what I mean? If you're doing the right things now, only better things are going to come moving forward. Yeah. And that's like what people don't, they don't see the end goal. And I got to the point where I'm doing what I want to do and I'm comfortable where I'm at. And I got to even cut my hours a little bit because I realized that I was unhappy working so hard. And that is one thing with your job, you, like working for yourself, you can work as many hours as you want. Nobody stopped. Mm -hmm. But in my body, I started being burnt out and I was working way too much and mm -hmm. everything else in my life was going to shambles. And I, that's why now I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I can plan ahead and I can be on the track I want to be, but I don't have to kill myself for it too. Yes. And that's, sometimes it also comes down to that. Sometimes just being happy is not working too many hours. And that means less na nice dinners, nice shoes or whatever, but at least I get to rest. And that's yeah. great too. So yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you. Before we get off, I want to um, give everyone the chance. What is a way that they can find you, your social media on all platforms? Oh, all of those just things. Pam, Pam Slash Boutique, mostly on Instagram. I have a TikTok. I'm trying to be better at posting. Very hard. I don't have much time. Um, yeah, just yeah. Pam Slash Boutique. Um, but I'm, I am hoping at some point to do lashes and be more educating on finances as well so mm. who knows in a few months i might have a tiktok handle for that too yes so, we definitely am going to work with you on that because you are my financial person mm. we talk finances <laughs> all the time you're a great resource for that so Thanks. definitely stay tuned for pam's finance um, account coming up soon and <laughs> if anybody ever i know there's if there's another lash tag that you can watch this tiktok this podcast or listen to it like always hit me up even like business owners I don't mind I love what I do I, mm. I, I I wish everybody could just live off their passion so if anybody anybody needs to hit me up for anything even if it's to like cut grass like I'll that's fine we can we can talk business still you know <laughs> yes, Pam, so. Pam talks to everyone <laughs> she's so sweet well thank you so much for being on today and taking the time to speak with me I will be Thanks seeing you me. here, I'm sure, shortly to be doing my lashes, but I really appreciate you Yay. coming on the podcast today. Of course, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yes, see you later. See ya. Okay, guys, that wraps up today's episode of the Synovial Marketing Masterclass. Thanks so much for tuning in and remember to stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing another important topic to help your business thrive. Also, be sure to follow us on all social platforms at Synovial Marketing and head over to our website, synovialmarketing.com for all your marketing needs. Talk to y'all soon.